It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Monday to you. Hope that the week is starting off right for you. And we're going to do our best to make sure that it does. And I hope that you your weekend was relaxing, interesting, fun, exciting, where you're running out of summer weekends. So you've only got a few weeks left of, you know, technically summer. Maybe, maybe the weather will cooperate and we'll have some summer type weekends going into late September and early October, but gosh, I hope not because I'm ready for fall and I've, uh, I've spent my weekend doing some kind of ghostly paranormal type things. And that only makes me even more ready for fall. And then later on this week, I'm heading to the Michigan Paracon. So I'm only days away from being in full spooky season mode. Uh, But, uh, of course, that means you get to hear Jack Splane twice this week because he'll be on with me coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, and then he'll also be filling in for me this coming Friday. So you'll be able to hear him uh, both as the guest in the Turning on the Light segment today and also on Friday as the host. And it's always interesting when Jack fills in. The conversations, I I have to hand it to him. He does a, a fantastic job of having thoughtful discussions with everybody that calls in, whether they agree or not. And that's not an easy thing to do. So uh, you'll get to experience that on Friday. And one less day of me. I'll be uh, on stage at 9 a.m. on Friday morning, delivering my paranormal lecture on the Bridgewater Triangle to thousands of people from all over the country and, and really all over the world spreading the good word of our paranormal vortex. But I said I had a paranormal weekend because on Saturday I had a an event at the Oliver House, the Oliver Estate in Middleborough. And we had cool stuff happen, you know, some very interesting experiences. Always, never, that place never disappoints. But the important thing is we were able to raise some money to help the continued restoration of that building. And then yesterday... Because my friend Amanda, who you know is Spooky New England, because she had come down for the weekend, you know, she came to the event on Saturday and then she had wanted to go to Miss Lizzie's Coffee in Fall River, which we talked about last week, is a new coffee shop that opened up right next door to the Lizzie Borden house. And there was some controversy because Lance Zoll, the owner of the Lizzie Borden house through his company U.S. Ghost Adventures, felt like... Miss Lizzie's coffee was impeding on his intellectual property. That he has the right to use the name Lizzie Borden, the exclusive right to use the name Lizzie Borden, uh, and that uh, they were creating market confusion. Well, I can tell you, having been there now, I can't imagine that there's any confusion from people who go to the coffee shop to think, oh, is, is this the Lizzie Borden house? Because 
you know, you you literally just walk out the door and there's the Lizzie Borden house with the sign that says the Lizzie Borden house. So there's there's no confusion happening. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I talked about with Joe Pereira, the owner of the Miss Lizzie's Coffee, is what some of their future plans are. And I think you're going to see, you know, an even more diversification of what they do there compared to what you might find at the Lizzie Borden house. Uh, they, they are currently operating in one part of the building that's next door. It's going to be eventually they're going to take over the whole space and they're going to have an art gallery. They're going to have maybe some performances. They're going to have things in there that will be beyond, you know, typical coffee shop type stuff. Some outdoor dining tables. And some other things that they have planned for the space that they have available. So it'll it'll certainly be a different type of place. Uh, it was great seeing, I mean, the place was nonstop busy. I actually, I went twice yesterday. Because we went, you know, in the morning. We spent a good amount of time there, you know, talking with Joe and the staff and trying some different products. And then... Um, you know, Amanda wanted to shoot some videos and photos and stuff to put up on her on her social media accounts. Then we went to Tipsy Toboggan and had some lunch. Then we went to Stumpy's Hatchet House and did some axe throwing because she's never done that and she'd always wanted to. So we did that. And then she was getting ready to head back home up to northern New England. And she said, well, I need a coffee for the ride home. Let's stop back at Miss Lizzie's Coffee. And so we went back. So both the, you know, the two hours that I spent there earlier in the day and the, you know, 45 minutes I was there later on in the day, they were packed the whole time. People just coming in and out, getting coffees and, you know, moving on. They don't have a lot of space in there right now for people to sit down. So people were getting their coffees and moving on. But everybody was excited for what they were doing. Everybody was enjoying the product. And everybody had a clear understanding of the difference between Miss Lizzie's coffee and the Lizzie Borden house. Now, Joe and is offering at Miss Lizzie's Coffee uh, mugs with Lizzie Borden on it that say Miss Lizzie's Coffee. And he's offering bags of ground coffee that say Miss Lizzie's Coffee. Now, those might be two things that Lance Zoll may have a claim to because he has a copyright, trademark, whatever it is, on certain products that would be produced with the Lizzie Borden name, and that includes coffee mugs because that's something that they sell in the gift shop. And from my understanding, I don't think all of this was stuff that was that he instituted. I think this was all stuff that he bought when he bought the property. This all came with it. And so coffee and coffee mugs are part of that because he sells coffee in... He has a coffee company, I guess, that... Uh, infuses CBD into coffee, and so he sells that in his gift shop, I believe, both with and without CBD, if I remember correctly from when he was showing me around in there. So if he has, you know, just CBD-infused coffee, that's a different type of product, but I, I think that he has both. I think you can get either or. So those might be the only two things where there's an issue that maybe... Maybe Miss Lizzie's coffee is told, well, you, you can't carry the mugs anymore and you can't carry the, the take-home bag of a pound of coffee. 
I don't think either one of those things will devastate the business if that's the case. Nor would it devastate the business of the Lizzie Borden house if, you know, that was the only thing that came down and Lance all said, well, you know what? I, their mugs are different than mine. Their coffee is different than mine. I'd be okay with that. But I don't, I don't think that he would say that based on the way that he's reacted. Uh, he did delete all of his comments from the news stories on social media. So maybe he's getting legal advice telling him, you know, pull back. At the very least, he's got to be getting PR advice because he looked ridiculous going on there and fighting with every person. But see, that's the thing is, you know, most of the people that were commenting were regular, everyday Fall River and South Coast citizens. And I, I, don't, I don't think that he views that as his, as his audience, as his market. He probably thinks, hey, this place has been saturated with those folks for 20 years now, 25 years, 27 And we don't need to worry about them. It's about bringing in people from other places. It doesn't matter if I go off on them on social media, but it it, it still does because the world is watching. Anyway, 508-996-0500. I just wanted to give you a little update into that because, you know, we, we had a little bit about it last week. Obviously, there's there's more to the story there, and we'll continue following up on it because I know it's of interest. Of course, there's all the comments that were on social media like, oh, who cares, slow news day, nothing else to report. But it was a huge story last week, not just for us, but for all the local media because that's something that people care about. It's got, and it's got all the makings of, of a classic story. Local legend, outside person comes in and tries to own that local legend. Big business versus the little guy, because even though you know Lanzal was trying to portray himself as a small business, he's a nationwide ghost tour company with tours in multiple, multiple cities, dozens of cities. So he's not the little guy here as much as he tries to portray himself as such. So you've got the little guy versus the big guy. You've got the outsider versus the Fall River native. You've got the story that people still care about all these years later. And sometimes people like stories that aren't hard news with tragedy and all that other stuff. Although, you know, this all sparked with a tragedy, but that's a different story. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. I have a question. Sure. Um, have you ever done um, a program specifically designed around New Bedford or Dartmouth or the, the area? Um, the greater New Bedford area, on ghosts and um, sightings and phenomena. Have you ever done that? Uh, like a radio program or a presentation? Either a presentation or a radio program. Well, I've been doing um, Spooky South Coast for s almost 18 years now. We're off. Right. We're on hiatus now, but that's been, you know, that's been a very heavy focus on local stuff. Um, I did write a book on all local South Coast ghost stories called Ghosts of the South Coast, which if you walk into any CVS, uh, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, all those stores, they all carry the book. Um, okay. And then I, I do presentations on that uh, at a lot of local libraries, mostly in October, but mm -hmm. um, I'll, and I'll be doing it at a number of places uh, this October, as we get as we get closer to it, I can I can announce where they'll be because you know they're it, I 
I don't really like to promote the stuff that I do outside of here on the radio, but those are all right. free to attend. So it's not like uh, it's it's not like I'm out there pushing ticket sales or something. So right. I'll be you know speaking locally. Are you you live in New Bedford? Uh, I did. Now I live in Dartmouth. But my question was, we, I did the free tour of the Wamsat Club yesterday, mm-hmm. and one of the questions asked was, there anything like haunted ever related to the Wamsat Club? And um, the guy had said no, not in his um, opinion. Um, but there was a story about uh, one of the uh, former residents who had been abused by her uncle. Um, and it, but it wasn't like a ghost story. But I was wondering if you had ever heard of um, like anything spooky. Sure. Yeah. So there was. Um, it's, it's funny that you say that you went there because I just reached out to them the other day to find out how much membership is. Uh, but the the stories that I had heard uh, were a lot of you know bits and pieces and and common tropes that happen in a lot of haunted places. And then mm-hmm. in two thousand, I want to say two thousand eight, um, there was a group that went in and did an investigation. And they put out a little DVD about it, but uh, I don't think it was ever like commercially available. Uh, and I have it somewhere in my in my storage bin. But it, they did a little investigation. Well, I shouldn't say a little. They they did a, an investigation and put out a documentary about it. And they had some interesting activity that happened. I've been there uh, at least three or four times to give presentations to the Saturday Club, and I've walked around, and you know, you definitely feel that there's something there. And the I know people that work there. I won't name any names, but I know people that work there who have told me that there is um, there is a lot of activity that happens. And did you know that they filmed that upcoming movie um, called, I think it's called The Holdovers, mm-hmm. um, the one with Paul Giamatti, and uh, it was filmed partially at Fairhaven High. Yeah. That was also filmed in the kitchen of the Wampsada Club down in the basement. They they used a lot of great local locations that I cannot wait to see. I'm going to go see that one. I think on the big screen. Uh huh. Just so I can. I mean, first of all, I got to see you know how beautiful Fairhaven High looks on a on a big screen. Although I don't think they use the exterior of the high school. I saw. I was watching the trailer for the movie, and I thought maybe one of the rooms was like an interior shot Fairhaven, but um, I haven't seen the entire school. I've only seen the. You know the study hall, that famous um, room, mm-hmm. and the library. And um, I haven't gone to a lot of the classrooms. But um, the other thing is anything spooky concerning the Roach Jones Duff Mansion, because that was another thing on this free tour. It was wonderful, by the way. That that is something that I have not heard a lot of stuff about. And I've always thought that would be a place to get into and kind of poke around and look into, but I've never heard anybody really. I mean, uh, there's some stories that are out there, but I don't. I don't know anything firsthand. Nobody's ever told me anything firsthand. Uh huh. I, I, I might have written about something in my book. I don't remember. Okay, and so I'll have to look for your book. And the other thing was is that the one Sutta Club, um, the man mentioned that there are I think six. Uh, people who are boarders there. They have bedrooms and, mm-hmm. you know, private baths and whatever. And they live at the Wamsutter Club. Yeah, and they, they used to have the opportunity for you to stay there. You know, if you were a member of a, of a club and, and it was part of this network, like if you were going to a city, you could go and stay at the club and you'd mm-hmm. be able to stay. And then I guess those rooms have been, yeah, like you said, turned into permanent residences. But 
it, w- it used to be that if you join these clubs, you would have this reciprocal membership to be able to use them anywhere and stay at them anywhere. And I know I was a member of the Quickishan Club in Fall River for a while because I did a, a ghost investigation out there and, and the, uh, the owner gave me a, a free membership for, for, as, as a thank you for coming out. And I never really used it, but, you know, we had a reciprocal membership at the Wamsutta Club. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting, you know, an interesting um, habit or custom. Uh, they mentioned that yesterday. But what a wonderful tour. And I was really surprised. I know the day was beautiful. Um, I was surprised it wasn't more crowded. I thought, um, I, did, did, you, did you ever consider joining the club? Have I? Yeah. No. No. It, it's a little bit pricey for me, but what I would recommend is if you want to have a Wamsutta Club experience, uh-huh. join the join the Saturday Club. No, what's the Saturday Club? It's a group of women that meet once a month at the uh-huh. Wamsutta Club, and they have a, a, a lunch, and they have a guest speaker. And oh. so it just costs, I think they pay like 20 bucks each time for their meal or something. Uh-huh. And then, like, you get to go there and you get to experience the club for the day and have, um, you know, I love when they do the black diamond steak tips. That's what I always order when they have me mm-hmm. come and do it. But um, they'll do, like, French meat pie. They'll do all these different things they all vote on. That, so at each meeting, they vote on what they want to have at the next meeting for lunch. And then they, they talk about who they want to bring in for the guest speakers. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, is this open to men and women? Um, I believe it's just for women. Women. They, okay. How did you get there? I'm sorry? How did you get there? Oh, they, they invited me to be a speaker. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've only gone... I just go to talk about ghosts. Oh, I see. I see. But they um, they they had a problem where their membership was really down. Now, this club's been going on for, for well over 100 years. Mm-hmm. But then they had a, a problem where they weren't really getting as many people to come out. And then mm-hmm. we started... You know, we put out an article about it. And they got an influx of people that were looking to join. So I'm hoping... That, you know, they still have some room for you. But uh, give me one right. second and I will find you a little bit more info here. Okay. So we did, we put out an article in 2021 mm-hmm. about, you know, where you can, where you can figure out how to, how to join. But you can email, um, the organizer is Mary Tomasek. She's the president of the Saturday Club. All right. In the Saturday Club, Mary Tomasek. And her email, if you're ready. Sure. MCT. M-C-T. O-M-A. O-M-A. S-I-K. S-I. M-I-C-K-E-Y. S-I-K. A-O-L dot com. A-O-L. Okay. That's great. And, you know, even if they don't have, you know, openings, which, you know, I'm sure they I'm sure they do. But if things are pretty tight, they'll probably still let you come out and just experience it to see what it's all about. So you can say, hey, I definitely want to join when a spot opens up. Uh-huh. And I picked up something or some brochure on the way out. It looked like there was some kind of an art-based um, program where that people could go there and discuss things um, at the Wamsutta Club. And it, it was a bunch of, it was an acronym, but it was D-A something or other. And um, probably A-R for like arts or whatever. But that looked interesting. And I think I read that one time they had something there and it was to discuss um like different ideas for like the New Bedford area um, concerning programs that they could offer. I think that's what it was all about. I'm not sure. It's it's and such a great place. Thing I want to say mm-hmm. is when is your birthday? Mine is January fourth. January fourth, because I think I knew that once when you were on previously, because we joked about a card. So now I'm make sure that I can either send it to you belated or 
ahead of time because if I wait until January 4th, I'll lose the card. <laughs> Much appreciated. I, no I, I forget my own birthday, so you, you caught me on a day when I could actually remember it. Well, I forget how old I am, and sometimes I, I think I'm still in my 50s, and that's like a real rude awakening. <laughs> I forget <laughs> I that all the time. The doctor will be like, and what's your age? I'm like, um... Uh, well, let's see. I was 10 in 1988, so yeah. So I sometimes I have to do that. I know. Well, take care. Have a great day. You as well. And uh, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. Right now, though, I've got to take a quick break. Sam. And right now, it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Crews in Southern California are working to restore power to a few thousand customers left in the dark after their encounter with Tropical Storm Hillary. A tropical storm warning is in effect for some 42 million people as the first storm like this since 1997 buffets the region. No deaths have been reported in the southwest, but there are widespread reports of flooding and downed trees. Officials in Los Angeles have been trying to move tens of thousands of homeless people into shelters as the tropical storm approaches. Many of them have been set up in camps along riverbeds that are flooding as the rain drenches the area. There are more than 170,000 homeless people in the state of California. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are set to visit Hawaii today. They'll meet with first responders and survivors and tour areas impacted by the recent wildfires that have killed at least 114 people. Officials estimate a roughly 1,000 more could be still unaccounted for. The blaze that tore through the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui is the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. Eight people are injured after a shooting on Sunday in South Minneapolis. Minneapolis Police Chief Brian O'Hara talked to reporters about the crime. All of the victims that we have interviewed at this point have indicated that they heard gunshots but did not see a shooter. Additionally, we've recovered at least 41 shell casings. O'Hara says it appears that at least two gunmen fled the scene on foot. Transit officers responded to the gunshots and ultimately found five teenagers and three adults with injuries. A special legislative session on public safety is getting underway at the Tennessee Capitol this morning. Governor Bill Lee has called on lawmakers to return to the General Assembly to discuss legislation centered around mental health resources, school safety, and other policies involving firearms. Local advocacy groups spent this weekend calling on representatives to pass gun reforms, holding a Silence the Violence rally on Saturday. One Republican senator believes former President Trump should drop out of the 2024 presidential race. Trey Thomas has more. Speaking on CNN State of the Union, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana said Americans won't vote for a candidate who's been convicted. We may have a candidate for president who has been convicted of a crime. Um, I think Joe Biden needs to be replaced, but I don't think Americans will vote for someone who's been convicted. Cassidy acknowledged that he isn't an attorney and couldn't speak on all of the charges against Trump. He did, however, call the charges related to mishandling classified documents a slam dunk. I'm Trey Thomas. And a case of rare locally acquired malaria is being reported in Maryland. The state's Department of Health made the announcement over the weekend, saying an unidentified patient in the Washington, D.C. area contracted malaria despite not having traveled outside of the country recently. It's the first case of the state's locally acquired malaria in 40 years.
In sports, the Boston Red Sox completed a three-game sweep against the Yankees last night with a come-from-behind 6-5 win yesterday. Today, they'll be traveling to Houston for a game against the Astros tonight at 8-10 p.m. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. We'll be looking at sunshine mixing with a good deal of clouds through the afternoon. A warm and muggy day today with highs up around 86 degrees. Can't rule out the possibility of a late-day shower or thunderstorm rolling into the area. And then mainly cloudy for tonight as lows drop back down to around 62. Still a little on the muggy side. But on Tuesday, we'll see plenty of sunshine, a little bit breezy, and not quite as humid with high temperatures right around 77. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Bill Guile on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 68 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Time to sit around and wait on the phone while you're getting up and getting ready? Send Tim a text using app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to the Tim Weisberg Show. Top songs of 1979, and I'll never forget that because if you remember the great Jack Peterson, who worked here at WBSM for many years, worked at WNBH, and lived in New Bedford for quite a long time, he used to work in Lynn, Massachusetts, and uh, he was on a top 40 station out that way. And there's a website called northeastairchecks.com. Which, you for, if you're a radio nerd like me, it's a great website to go and check out because you can listen to old air checks from going all the way back to the 1950s, even in some cases the 1940s. And the problem is the, the files that they're uploaded in are, I forget, I think they're like the RAR files. They're very hard to get them to play on a lot of machines these days. Like I can't get it on the studio computer. It won't play. You have to download it, and then it has to play something. And I, I don't have, you know, administrator access to add all kinds of programs onto this to play these files, and it's very frustrating. But if you look at it on your own computer, northeastairchecks.com, chances are you'll be able to play it, and you can go back and you can hear. And they've just there's there's thousands of them, which is how I've gone back and heard some of the radio greats that you wouldn't have been able to have heard otherwise. And some of those files, some people have been, the guy who runs the website is very protective of his collection, but people have taken some of them and put them up on YouTube too. But um, 
the website, northeastairtracks.com, is the best place to go. And you can hear everybody. You can hear Jack Peterson when he was on the air in Lynn. You can hear, um, I don't think they have any WBSM clips, at least not that I remember seeing the last time I went to the site, which was admittedly a while ago. Uh, but you can hear some of the Boston radio greats. You can hear Jess Kane. You can hear Dave Maynard. You can hear Arnie Wu Ginsburg. You can hear Charles Laquadera. And I have some collections on some of my old laptops of some of these clips that used to be floating around before people took them down or before licensing came into play and people were like, ah, you don't have the rights to put that up there. And it's just, to me, it's it's fascinating stuff. You might not care, but I, I certainly do. And I think some of you out there probably do as well. You know, to be able to go back and hear some of these voices of the past and to hear the difference in style, the difference in delivery. Like, listen to what I do on Spooky South Coast and compare that with, say, what Long John Nebel was doing out of New York City back in the 50s and 60s when he was talking about paranormal radio. See, people think that that genre started with Art Bell in the 1990s, but Long John Nebel was doing it in the 50s and 60s. Actually, there were uh, quite a few people that were doing it in the 50s because as UFOs and flying saucers were in the zeitgeist, AM radio stations were like, yeah, well, let's talk about it in the middle of the night. And, you know, paranormal on the radio goes all the way back to Harry Price in the UK who did live investigations of the Borley Rectory on the radio. So, you know, it's, you hear the difference of how it started versus, you know, it's kind of like that internet meme, how it started, where, you know, what it's like now. Is that right? No, how it started, how it's going. That's it. So, if you are a fan of radio, which I think some of you are, check that site out, northeastairchecks.com. I hope it still works now that I've played it up like that. But you can hear some really, really great stuff from the past. And because it's the air checks, it's, it's you know, you get little snippets of maybe the music they might have been playing if they were playing music. Uh, but it's a lot of just, you know, the, the, the DJ breaks. So you get to actually hear them talking. You get to hear the station IDs. In fact, you know, I sometimes I play the old WBSM jingles and people are like, where where'd you get that from? Well, it's I got it from an old spooky South Coast episode where we played it because it that at the time that's how long ago we started that show, we played those all the time on the station. So one time we happened to leave the the microphone on and the recording captured the jingle and I was able to pull it out. And that's how so much of this stuff got saved. It's not so much that the station saved it all and then somebody at the station decided to archive and put it online. It's because people recorded it and taped it and then held on to it. They were probably taping it on reel-to-reel recorders and they held on to those tapes and then transferred them to a digital medium so that we could have all of that saved. The one thing I can't find, I wish I could find, and from my understanding... It's not out there, but I would love to find some old WBCN clips of when Carlos the Computer had his own radio show. It was, it was a 
computer show. It was a radio show hosted by a computer. Everybody's all upset and worried about AI taking over. And in this business, you know, there's concerns because they have AI that can write the things that they'll talk about and then AI that can deliver the voice that would say them. And people are like, oh, they're going to phase out human beings. No, no, they're not. But we already tried it way back in the 1980s with Carlos. And it was actually, it was like legitimate. Like I thought as a kid, I thought it's a, it's a gimmick. It's a, it's a guy doing a robot voice or running his voice through a voice processor. But it wasn't. It was an actual computer programmer named Joshua Walks who was typing all of this stuff that Carlos the computer would say into the same voice computer that Stephen Hawking used. The same voice, the same program. And years ago, I reached out to him to have him come on Spooky or maybe my Saturday morning show. And I wanted him to bring Carlos, resurrect Carlos back to life. And he's like, I, I, don't, I don't even have that program anymore. They phased it out once it became Stephen Hawking's voice. And he became like, you know, really well known and associated with that voice. The company retired that voice. So you couldn't even go and buy it. There were simulators that were similar to it, but they weren't as responsive as the original one. So you, it didn't work nearly as quickly when you were trying to do it in real time. But I saw something similar a few years ago when, when the um, musician Marshmallow came to the studio. He came and visited Fun 107. And if you don't know who Marshmallow is, he's, he's a DJ who has a giant cylinder on his head that looks like a marshmallow. And he wears that all the time. He doesn't take it off. He didn't take it off the entire time that he was here. And as such, he can't speak. So as Fun 107 is interviewing him, he's typing it into one of those voice synthesizers that's repeating what it is that he types into it, almost in real time. So it was interesting to see how that works and to get an idea of maybe that's what Carlos was like. But I, I, wish, I wish people could hear Carlos one more time. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, callers. Hang on. We will get to you in just a few moments. And let's jump right into the phone calls. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Morning, Mr. Weisberg. Morning. How are you? Good. Doing all right. How about you? Good. Very good. I had two little subjects. I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll go quick. The first one will be about uh, the diet. Mm -hmm. uh, before I tell you, uh, before I question you, I want to ask you first for your weekend. Any improvement on the weekend? A pound or two or anything? Um, uh, down about three pounds for the week, maybe three and a half. Well, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, I have a question about this. I know about the Ozempic because my friends are on it, but I don't know the one you're taking there. What I want to ask you is, when you take, it's a shot, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, when you take the shot, now, the main thing about it, if you can answer it, does it, does it lessen your hunger, and at the same time, do you have to be on a special plan of a diet? Like I heard you say, I think it was Friday, you said something about, yeah, I'm off the bread now, but I'm going to have that one sandwich now. Something special going on or something? Remember you said you're going to have the bread that time? Yeah, I forget. I mean, I had I had a roast beef sandwich. I had the bulky roll for that because okay. you, you have to have it. But, yeah, so the, the Banjaro, it is um, it's the same idea. You take the shot once a month, uh, once a week, and then you don't have hunger. Like yesterday, I felt no hunger at all. I took the shot Friday. So Friday night, I take it. Saturday, Sunday. Wasn't hungry at all. Saturday, I actually had to kind of remember to eat. Uh, and then 
you know, last night I got dinner made and sat down and ate like three or four bites out of it and was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Uh, okay, and the other and question. Then I just the saved the rest. Was, are you on a special diet, though? Yes. Uh, well, they, they recommend that you stay under 100 grams of carbs a day because that will help with the weight loss and it will help the medicine work the most effectively. And also because if you eat, if you eat too much carbs, you'll feel too full and then you'll get sick. And I've had that happen. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, that's, my son was asking. Her brother doesn't want to take the Ozempic, but I told him that you were taking something different. I couldn't remember the name of it. But, and so the shot is every single day and you're not having any side effects at all. Nope, I've had none. They okay. just upped my dose, um, and I didn't have... They're supposed to up your dose after the first month, but I got to go the first two months because I was having good good results with a low dose, and then we upped it to five milligrams and still no no effect. Well, that that's great. Thanks for that. My other thing is, because I know you don't have a lot of time, uh, <clears throat> yesterday was a boring Sunday for me, so I decided to go through some of my books, and I came across one that I haven't looked at for a long time, but I've read it many times already, and I'm going to read it again now that I took it out. I believe it came out in, 19, I think, 1996. I bought it a year later after it came out, 97. It's called Passing Strange, Two Tales of New England's Hauntings and Horrors. And it's all about areas of New England. And there are some stories in here that I, I, I'm asking you to, to look it up. You can either get it, look at it online, go to the library. I'm sure they have it. It's a great book in the stories. And maybe you might pick up something in there that you haven't ever touched on before and look into that and, you know, make a story about that. It's a great book. I'll send you a photo of it. Yeah, who, in, uh, who's, is that a Joe Citro book? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, I think I think I may have that. Oh, isn't it a great book? Uh, I don't know that I definitely read it, but I, I have a bunch oh. of Joe Citro <laughs> books that I bought at... Um, at some local bookstores and, you know, used bookstores and everything, but I, I never got to all of them. You don't remember when you bought it? Because mine, I've had it, like I said, since 1990. My mother and I always went to Baker Books, and I'm sorry that's gone. Do you remember a place called Walden Books? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it wasn't that Ports Corner somewhere around that area? Uh, I know it was a chain. I don't know whether it was one around here because they, they were yeah. pretty much gone by the time I moved to this area. Yeah, so it's totally gone. It's not even online or anything? I don't think so, no. It was around for a while as a website, but then uh, I think kind of Barnes & Noble and, and Amazon took over that that space. And I never looked up uh, the Baker books, so they're gone totally, too. They're not online anywhere or anything. Oh, yeah, they're gone. So take a look at that book. <laughs> All I will. I'll have to, I'll have to see if I have it. It'll be, yeah, it'll, oh, yeah. it'll be in, my, uh, in my storage bin if I have it, my storage unit. Yeah, I got that tote. I got to get rid of it because the bookshelves are, are full. I'm in a tiny apartment, so I can't store a lot of my books, and I'm not getting rid of them. And when I opened it, I thumbed through it and, and went through it, and I actually have, because I I told you before that sometimes when I see stories about Lizzie in the newspapers, I cut them right out of the newspaper, so when I opened it up, I had one stuck in there, and I need to put it with the rest of my Lizzie stuff. I don't like things spread all over, and I'm glad I found it because that's going to go in with the rest of my stuff. So try to read that if you can. I might ask you about it later. All right. I'll take a look. All right. Have Thank a good you. Day. You as well. Bye. And uh, caller, hang on. I'm just going to take my final break of the hour. Uh, it's just a quick two-minute break. When we come back on the other side, I will take your call. Come. All right.